to the Content That Grows podcast. I'm excited to be joined today by Ramley John. We're going to be talking about audience-first marketing. Uh, Ramley is the content director at AppQs and author of the best-selling book, Product-Led Onboarding. Uh, as a product-led growth coach, he's worked with companies such as Mixpanel, Microsoft, and Ubisoft, uh, and more to accelerate their growth. And an educator at heart, he's helped train hundreds of the world's fastest-growing product-led companies to level up their user onboarding experience and turn users into lifelong customers. Um, welcome to the show, Ramley. Excited to, to chat today. Same here. Uh, thank you for, for the invite. I'm super excited to finally uh, chat with you since I've seen you on LinkedIn so often. Yes. Yeah. We've made it. <laughs> We're here. <laughs> uh, cool. So let's just jump right in. Um, I'd love for you to just kind of explain a bit more about just generally the concept of audience first marketing and then just also like what is it about having a creator or an influencer that's like an evangelist on your team yeah i think uh this is i gotta give credit where credit's due i first saw this uh from ryan fishkin i think he was one of the first he was the first guest on the show which is super exciting yeah. so people tune into that one yeah. <laughs> well Ren's like a big proponent of uh you know he has a big audience as well as your vp of marketing amanda that but like it's really born out of the idea that search has changed a lot in the last year i think people are like oh my goodness like uh what it would look like a year ago is like totally different mm -hmm. especially with what you know with chat gpt and generative ai as well as i think ads is getting more expensive and it's gone back to the basics of what direct response marketers used to do way, way, way back then where, you know, they build an audience first. I think building an audience has, um, has many, many advantages. One of them is that you own that, that audience, you're, you're able to, you know, hopefully build a list out of that as mm -hmm. well as like, it's, you're, you're not dependent on like ad rates and social media algorithm and Google search algorithm, which We've seen a bunch of updates there. I think that's I, people are realizing, especially that it's it's a little. We've seen this in the direct to to, to consumer um, companies where they know that the power of storytelling and people who relate to to people. So they often have the the person like the founder front and center. We we've, we've seen this with um, you know a bunch of different types of of brands out there. Mm -hmm. uh, whether it's like a shoe company or an eyeglass company, like there's like there's a story behind it, and I think I'm seeing you know even the last year I've really seen more and more um, this 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 tactic of building an audience first um, really move towards in the B two B space, where whether it's a company finding somebody internally to become an evangelist and really building up their their name or their even better, it would be the founder where yeah. they're, they're going to build the name around it, around whatever problem that the product is, is building. And that that opens up a lot of doors when you build that audience. You're able to be invited to, to podcasts and um, asked to contribute to articles and yep. uh, be able to be invited to, to speak at conferences, which we've seen Rand and Amanda do. I think we've seen more and more companies do do that so that they they can really like establish not only their company as a thought leader establish themselves as a, a leader in that space knowing like information around that so i'm i'm i've been yep. seeing a lot more b2b companies do that and i think as a as something that i've also been seeing more b2b companies are 
are actually sponsoring influencers, mm-hmm. which is like super weird. Like there's influencers on in YouTube where like let's sponsor MKHD or Mr. Beast, sure. you know, which yeah, is yeah, like yeah. on the consumer side. But now like, oh, let's let's sponsor Kevin Indig's post around SEO or right. sponsor Andrew Kaplan. He talks about um about user onboarding on growth and like it's interesting to see that that D two C or B two C tactic go mm-hmm. towards B two B two B, and I think that is is born out of this. You know, let's let's do something that we know has a trusted voice, and yeah. the audience versus is what I'm seeing more and more move over. Yeah, I agree. I think it feels like there's a lot that. Um, just trying to think back, you know eight, 10 years ago, you know, audience building was like primarily social. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, you were basically doing it on Twitter, maybe on LinkedIn. Um, But it does feel that like sort of the resurgence of podcasts, um, the growth in communities, and also just like sub stacks, all those different avenues have kind of, I think given people a, a variety, you know, like I, I think of, um, MKT one, Emily Kramer, like, Oh yeah. She's not necessarily, you know, (laughs) out there like talking and evangelizing, but like she just takes her time and puts together very, very thoughtful newsletter posts once a month. Um, and even that's been, you know, sufficient to get tens of thousands of followers. And then obviously builds audience for what they're doing on the fun side and consulting and all that stuff. So I, it really does feel like, it shouldn't be a surprise, you know, like all these new, not new podcasts aren't new, but like these avenues have sort of emerged as like a way to build the following, build the, um, build the audience and make sense that there's kind of that shift there. Um, for, you know, when you talked about like, maybe not getting into like sponsoring, but in terms of either hiring an evangelist or finding someone internally, like, what do you think, you know, as someone in content, like what are some of the like skills uh, and like things they would do to just sort of be able to like participate, participate and excel, uh, you know, in that role? Yeah, I think first of all, this guy, especially in like finding an evangelist for like, I'm I'm assuming this is like a, like a B2B like software or even like D2C. Mm -hmm. I think there needs to be a person or evangelist company fit i'm not i hope sure, that or yeah. company evangelist offer fit where you know like if if, if let's say for AppQs, they're you know we're offering an onboarding software for a product and uh, product marketers there's there's got to be somebody in product or product marketing uh, that would make more sense to build an evangelist around rather than i don't know hr <laughs> or, yeah. or something that doesn't yeah. make sense right yeah. there's got to be that fit first and it it's interesting to when you start looking uh you know for even for us like there are there are some people inside where they they often keep them to themselves but like when there's a few that are i would say outspoken where if you talk to them on a one on one call they're opinionated i think mm-hmm. that's the second thing that's important is like they got to have opinions they got to have like they got to let's say disagree with certain things that is widely accepted an example is like net promoter score like there's somebody mm-hmm. uh that i that i've chatted with recently like this is the worst thing ever created like people are abusing it like mm-hmm. that's a great like uh opinion that yeah. that it might go against uh, 
the, what people think is true. And I think that's like what would make for great building, like audience building is when there's like something to be said about, about, about something, um, where there's something, whether it's new or, or, or counterintuitive or something else. That's, I think that's one, um, second thing where they need to have that opinion and then just communicating that is like super important and finding that platform, uh, I guess this would be the third thing that they need to do. Like, where would they share the opinions? Yeah. LinkedIn has dramatically improved, especially the B I I'm seeing a lot more quote unquote influencers there mm -hmm. where they're talking a lot about, um, you know, things that they're sharing. And what I find works often in that LinkedIn space, and I'm seeing this more, is that they're not just people who are doing well on LinkedIn. They're not just sharing, like, here's what I know. They're saying, here's what I know because this is my experience. And that experience is, like, something that um, is very personal. Like, uh, you know, I went through X, Y, and Z or Z, and yeah. this is, as a result of this, uh, this is the lessons out of it. So it's almost like there's a story behind the lesson. So I think that is like super important to, to, you know, there's gotta be a fit, uh, there's, there's gotta be some kind of opinion. And then this finding that platform is important to make sure you start sharing. And the final thing I think is just consistency, consistency. I think that's the hardest thing often, even for yeah. me, like just gotta post, cons um, you know, consistently, you see I've, LinkedIn's changing their algorithm a lot as well, but like, I've heard that they, they reward. Uh, people who post consistently over like maybe just once um once a month or something like that yep don't quote me on that i i yeah. that's what i've heard yeah. <laughs> uh yeah I, I, it all makes sense i think <clears throat> just generally it seems like just also just like passion for what mm. the you know the company's doing like believing in it and not just like okay i'm here to be the evangelist and you know clock in clock out i think just generally um uh, believing in that makes sense. Um, <clears throat> do you, uh, like, when do you think companies, like I could see for a lot of early stage companies close a, you know, an A round, we got goals to hit. We got to make sure we get right. to the B round cash burn, all this stuff. Um, it feels like there's a lot of companies that would go, we can't just like, you know, try to like have someone, be an evangelist and build an audience and like assume that's going to turn into that. So do you, do you find that it, um, it tends to be later stage companies that start to kind of have some of that like margin to be able to, to build into that? Or do you think it's shifting for early stage companies too? Yeah, I find it's actually quite the opposite. It seems like larger companies are more concerned about like having one person be the face uh, of the company, if it's not the CEO, I think if if it could be, I would suggest I, the best uh, scenario I can see is when the CEO or the founder is the one who is voicing this opinion. And I I've, I'm finding a lot of um, some early stage companies who are voicing this really well, uh, and they're they're you know sharing the opinions on that. Um, we were just talking about our colleague at Arrows, um, mm. Cheryl. Like they're they're doing a good job of of sharing. Like one thing I really love from them that that I it's like oh that's cool. Stewart, their head of growth, mm -hmm. shares on LinkedIn like templates on HubSpot. I get because they help customer 
onboarding on HubSpot and it's like, steal my workflow. I'm like, I love that. (laughs) That's so good. And it does well on LinkedIn. I'm like, that's, that's a great way to establish an audience where like you, you, you are sharing something that other people can just copy and paste. And people are looking often for that quick hack where that's an example of a smaller startup that has like tapped into like, Hey, let's build this audience around this as well. Yeah. Um, and then like mid mid real quick, the, uh, I, we just launched a, an episode with Stuart and we talked quite a oh, bit about what? uh skill cool. of the workflow. So um, definitely go check so out good. that episode too. If you want to uh, see more, you know, hear more examples of that stuff. So great, great tie in that was uh, not necessarily intentional. So <laughs> everybody go stop right now. Go listen to that, that episode. Uh, There's a good there? example of a, it's a good example of a startup. Um, we've, I've seen more mid like scale ups, like um, you know, like, a few few other companies um one that elena verno was with uh and until she left there uh and you know seeing that the companies there where they are finding people who are you know being like the evangelist within the company um the classic example is drift when they had dave gerthard and then he he left on his own and mm-hmm. doing his own stuff now um and a few other companies but i i do find like larger especially public companies it's harder to to do this because like there's a lot of re- re- you know regulation. You don't want to say yeah. stuff that can get you in, t- in trouble, but with shareholders. But I think there is definitely an opportunity across different types of. Uh, comp- uh, I mean, I, I, if I can find another example, Gong. You know, obviously there's mm-hmm. another classic example where they've had it's, it's a sales tool, so salespeople are on LinkedIn, so mm-hmm. <laughs> they got their salespeople to like post up quite a bit on LinkedIn to establish their. Yeah. Yep. Your authority around like, Hey, you know, here's how to do this. They post up memes and other stuff on that. So those are good examples. Yeah, def- definitely good examples. Um, and, I, and I think that's a, a really good point that, you know, my point was bigger companies have margin, smaller companies need to get to the next yep. round. But your point is, you know, especially if it's the CEO, you kind of have a lot of, um, range to make a splash, make a point, um, and just get yourself known um, quicker if you are small versus maybe some of the red tape. So um, yeah, also also a great perspective. So, you know, at AppQs, you've been there for a while. Are you are you kind of seen as like internally, like as the evangelist? Do, do people like call you that? Because um, obviously you have some personal <laughs> mar- you know, marketing projects. Like what, what is, how does yeah. that work? That is definitely the the situation I'm in where like I am the evangelist. I wrote a book on onboarding. That's I feel like that's why I got this job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's like, oh, he wrote this book. He must you must know his, his stuff, which <laughs> I do know myself and it's been um if they they need to drop me in to, to chat with a customer or like share share my book or uh they're we're launching a new like content program where like I'm front I'm front and center in that. Cool. I so uh, I am that evangelist at AppQs, along with other folks. Eric Eric Keating, the VP of Marketing, is mm-hmm. also um, more well known in the product led growth space, as well as like you know I I love I've been pitching that the CEO Jackson Noel, uh, Noel uh, our CEO, should be more like active on LinkedIn so that we he can talk about this. He's also the founder, but um, that I need a little bit more time to convince yeah, him yeah, to yeah. do that. I <laughs> yeah. Um, no, it's cool. I mean, I think that that, that makes sense. And we, we've certainly seen that, um, you know, with Derek Flint, our marketing manager, um, and 
I think he's been in the role for about a year and a half and, you know, was certainly doing some stuff on LinkedIn before that, but you know, he's, he's driving a lot behind our company page and then also publishing personally. And like, there's just certainly been an outsized growth in his personal following uh, than what you would see on the company page, which shouldn't be news to anyone at this point, but just, you know, really <laughs> highlights that when you watch, you know, from like to basically the starting point and uh, see the difference in growth and knowing that like essentially the same person's behind both of them. So it's not a matter mm. of like, Oh, someone's posting low quality content on the you know company page. Like it really right. is a noticeable difference um, and just kind of goes uh, a long way. And, you know, certainly just having the relationships. And I think, you know, one of the interesting things you mentioned early about like <clears throat> um, Rand and some of those examples and how it gets you invites into places and, and things like that. I think, um, it's certainly, yeah, it's just a top of mind thing, but I also think the, the interesting aspect, you know, when you tie it back to content is that there's, there is sort of that for most people, they're going to understand like the person is associated with a brand. And then when they come across a video or a, you know, a blog post in the SERPs or, you know, anything like that, and they can kind of go, Oh, I know that company because I I've seen you know, Derek stuff or Ramley stuff. And like, I get what they're posting. I, I think they're smart. Now I'm going to go to it. Um, it just does sort of add this, like, um, I don't know, like kicker in like all of your marketing mm. across everything that you can just have some of that additional trust and, and familiarity. There. Yeah. And I think the cool thing is like, if people, if companies have like a sales team, where it happened to us, we're like, oh, I love the content from the guy with the hat. <laughs> they don't even know my name, <laughs> but like they know I'm the guy with the hat and they're like, I watch some of his um, videos or like read some of his content. So and funny. I feel like that's like, that's a cool thing when like, you know, for, for Derek where, you know, I read some of his posts and it, it's, it's helpful and started up. I, I feel like there's, uh, there's definitely that, 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 uh, influence there again, where it does help close the sales a little bit faster, knowing that uh, the the content is helpful and is coming from somebody who is an expert or an evangelist within the organization. Yep, yeah, just opens the book for for folks to see more inside. That makes sense. Um, do you feel that this type of role, like, does it? pose any potential like challenges or hurdles um, for brands in terms of like the audience ownership and some of those things? Like, uh, what do you think that looks like? Yeah, I, I would say, I think the, the risk, and we've seen this with, you know, companies like, you know, we mentioned, I mentioned Dave Goverhart with Drift or Elena Verna and other, other evangelists is that uh, the person, uh, it might, you know, we've seen this, this this past year, there's been a lot of moves, uh, whether that's through layoffs or people just moving uh, jobs. I think if building an audience and attaching it to a company, the big risk is that they, they, they leave and then they carry on that audience, which, um, you know, something that is definitely there, but that, and that's why I think often I'm a big fan of having the founder mm. being that one, because like they have more best, more vested there more invested into the organization because they they've hopefully poured their blood sweat and tears yeah. and some money <laughs> into it 
but I would say any anybody also in the executive team. So that's why I'm usually a big fan of like you know um, somebody who is um, who has a little bit more investment in the organization to stick around. Um, but obviously, yeah. like I think the um, testing out with a few. I mean, it's not like you're losing all of that that uh, that audience per se. There is still that attachment to that company now. Like for example. Dave, Dave would always forever be attached to, to Drift, no matter what he does. And I think like Drift has that 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 in, like aura now. Like there's this person that has been around for for some time, and even building up this audience, they're still thinking about Drift as well with that. So I think there's there's definitely like um, uh, advantages to both, even though it's like it's things have moved move on. So I think that's a a huge um, one risk. I, I wouldn't say necessarily a huge risk, but like it is something that people need to consider yeah. when they are like finding an internal evangelist uh, per se. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think there's also um, Nick. I can't remember his last name. Oh yeah, Nick Bennett from Alice. Yeah, and yeah, you mentioned Gong. Like Devin Reed moved on from Gong. Right, Devin like, Reed, of course. Yeah, yeah. it's a um, lot of people. Yeah, and I, I think the interesting thing is like the nature you know, of what we're talking about is like, I, I doubt any of these companies have someone leave. And then, you know, a week later, look in their, you know, Salesforce or any other dashboard and go, Oh no, all our revenue left because of them. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's just going right. to be like this slow tailing off of like, you know, like just kind of like it slowly builds up. I think it probably, slowly you know tapers off too and like you said there is kind of that aura effect but like um yeah it's just sort of sneaky how much it influences and touches all these things and you're not necessarily going to see the impact so you can see it kind of be like a risk but also you know initially if someone does leave kind of be like oh maybe we're okay but then not really realizing <laughs> that it's going to kind of like i said taper That's off true. so that's a good point. And the, I think the other pieces, like they're hopefully they've created some content that stays with the organization, like blog posts sure. or webinar recordings. And when they start, when that evangelists like are doing like other stuff, they'd be like, Oh, you know, Derek or, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, you know, Dave used to work at drift or, um, sure. Nick used to work at Alice. And so I think there's a little the bit bio. of that, that, yeah. yeah, that bio and that, like, you know, that byline and Hey, you know, like we have, we have good, we, we hire good people <laughs> totally. here. Yeah. So I think there's like that, that benefit as well that they, they can see for sure. Yeah. Cool. I like that. Um, what, well, yeah, I think obviously you've been, you're a great person to talk about this just cause you've, you've been kind of living that role for a while. Um, anything else you kind of want to hit on? the topic of audience first marketing before we move into the, the final four. Yeah. I would say that we've covered a lot of topics, but the thing that is, you know, that I'm really like working on right now is consistency. I think that's like just carving out time mm -hmm. um, is super important and giving space. One thing that I've done, I forgot who I learned this from. I think I heard it from, Oh man, I forgot. I think from HubSpot team or something like that, where they carve out days. They call it create day, where mm -hmm. I have like either Monday or Thursday where like it's blocked off. And I've I've told my my boss about this, uh, Eric. Hey, like these days I need to create content for LinkedIn or things like that or email. 
uh, for the newsletter. Um, if, if people need to book me, um, just send me a message if you need to, but like, uh, you need to carve out like actual, like longer stretches of creation day. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one thing that, that, um, if people are looking for evangelists, like either give them some space to write down their opinions somewhere and then uh, help out, help f- flesh that out as well. I think those, those are something that I'm, I'm working on right now trying to figure that out no that's a great point to add and it's smart i think when i find my when i personally struggle to get stuff done it's because i am trying to squeeze it in to other stuff and just the the context switching you don't get into flow state like mm. takes a lot and when i have done well it's because i've been in a period of my life where i'm able to like to be like, all right, three hours on Sunday afternoon, I'm going to you just sit down and like, you know, really develop a lot of this stuff out. And, and then that's obviously not like the greatest thing sustainably to be like, well, I use the weekends to do all, you know, like, yeah, that's uh, true. but that's yeah. nice that you kind of built a little bit of that pattern to, you know, a day in the week, just kind of carve that out and get through it, get into the, get into the rhythm and all that stuff. So that's great. Great thing to add. Um, Shifting into the final four, same questions we ask every guest, um, starting with the first one, which is what is a recent learning or success um, you'd like to share? Yeah, I, I think an interesting result, and we're still like figuring this stuff out, is like we're seeing our our organic traffic from YouTube videos like increase over the last few weeks. Hmm. I am not sure this is once again probably an algorithm thing where there, the uh, Google or something is like creating some kind of changes in the algorithm, and they're pushing video potentially more. But what videos we have is like shorter videos about um, based on like our top performing blog posts. I've seen a few companies do this as well. Shopify is one of them, where like they would take their top blog posts, turn it into a video script, and then like splice it up. Like, what is user onboarding? And then there's a co- um, content for that. So like. Right now, if you went to YouTube and like search user onboarding, our playlist is like number one there, which mm. I'm super, super fun, uh, proud about as well. Um, other companies has done it like Panadoc and uh, even HubSpot where they have been playing this playbook the last year. And it seems like it potentially can be um, uh, in momentarily be defensible against AI content until ChatGPT comes out with AI videos where like it'll just mimic you <laughs> and create create YouTube videos of like yeah. Nate and he looks like him, he talks like him, and he writes like yeah. Nate. And I was like, oh yeah. man, now now what do we do? <laughs> it creates everything types of content. But at the yeah. moment, no, I don't I don't see that being AI AI, AI can re- create like a video of you explaining a content or yeah. or something or walking through an onboarding experience. Yeah, I agree. Anything I've seen on that front, the the mouth movement and, <laughs> and facial expressions, just not <laughs> right not anywhere near correct uh, or or human. Oh really. um, yeah, but but that's cool. Is that that makes a lot of sense? Um, and just I, I think just generally we've seen the trend of just a lot more video being integrated into SERPs, yeah. and as so it makes sense that you're yeah. you're kind of picking up that. Um, <clears throat> so for app cues, um what role does content play in the the overall marketing strategy? Yeah, I would say content's like super critical in, in, in across the funnel. Um, 
AppKeys was built on the founders like Jonathan and uh, um, the the CEO as well. Like they're both were creating like content right from the get go, like thought leadership content. And then um, we have like courses, free courses. We mm. have like guides. We have calculators. Like yeah, it is like super super critical for yeah. for us. Yeah, cool. Um, how? So like your director of content, like how does AppQs define success for like you and the content team? For us, like there's, we have two, two, I guess, functions or two um, branches in, in, in the content team. On one side, we have like quality, qualified signups and shout, shout out to, to KK, who is like our, our senior content manager who like is focused on getting qualified signups from organic. Um, for me and myself, I'm focused on building an audience, which we've been talking quite a mm -hmm. bit about. Mm -hmm. So building an email list and, you know, they're looking at impressions now and, and making sure that we are establishing like our content programs there as well. So I think those are the two things we're focused on, um, qualified, qualified signups. And the other side is, um, building an audience through, through our email list. Yeah. Cool. That feels really balanced. I like that. Um, all right. And then lastly, you know, what's your least favorite marketing conversation happening in social channels right now and why? Right. I, I, well, we've talked about this quite a bit. It's anytime I see like a Google update, I get a heart attack. I mean like, oh my goodness, like what did they do this time around? <laughs> and then like, I'm not sure. There's been some, a lot of conversation about like what they're doing, what they're going to do, what will happen next year. And I think some people are, have some idea Eli Schwartz, he's like the other product led SEO, uh, Alayda Solis. There's a few other folks, Kevin Indig, like, but I think there's still things that are changing too quickly where like, we don't know. <laughs> we don't know what 2024 will look like. I mean, in, in overall, but even more so where a lot of companies have been so dependent, especially like including AppQ, so dependent on organic uh, mm -hmm. traffic through search and things have dramatically changed. So I think that's, it's not my favorite part because I'm not sure what's going to happen. <laughs> what yeah. are they doing this time around? <laughs> yeah, it does. Um, it is a lot. I think it's like, it's interesting because I feel like it's exciting. Like I remember, mm -hmm. so like I was originally drawn to search, um, just sort of trying to figure out like, what are all the, the inputs, the mechanics and like, how does this whole thing work? And then very quickly realized, because, you know, back then it was like uh, caffeine update, freshness, and then Panda. Right. There was like yeah. a lot and it just felt like, cool. Well, if we keep staying on top of this, like these updates, like 10, you know, especially once I joined Sprout, like we would, our performance would typically go up with each, you know, core update and, and a lot of that. That's cool. But it just kept feeling like, you know, the, the playing field was always being leveled. And then we just went through this long period of like search is search and, you know, everyone's kind of just doing this stuff. And so it is, you know, challenging and concerning in, you know, all the different emotions that go with it. But I think I also throw exciting in there. Like that's it, true. It's fun that like people not, you know, even the most experienced people don't really know what to expect <laughs> and what's going to have to happen. And, um, right. I don't think that it warrants in any way like SEO is dead or any of those, you know, oh, of course not rhetorics, yeah. but like 
it's cool. Like it's just going to be a big shift and the people who figure it out and pivot mm -hmm. will um, see a lot of success before everyone else figures it out and becomes, you know, commonplace and stuff. So that's true. Um, but I agree. There's, there's some, some mini heart attacks and there's been five major <laughs> updates in the last you know few months. Like it's, uh, it's been, it's been a flurry for sure. So I get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining. This was a great conversation. I really enjoyed um, talking through audience first marketing and agree like there's a lot kind of moving that direction and a lot of, of new opportunities for companies that are paying attention and taking advantage. So awesome stuff. Thanks so much for, for joining today. Thanks so much, Nate. Appreciate it.